Welcome to the Elevate Youth Podcast. Each week we get to experience the power of God through the Word. So kick back, relax, and get ready to hear this week's message. All right, all right. What's up, youth? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Check one, two, check. All right, sweet. How are you guys doing? Make some noise if you guys are happy to be a youth tonight. Come on. Super pumped that you guys are here. Super pumped. I got my little Justin Bieber mic going on tonight because we're going to get some more hand clapping going on later on. I got to make sure I'm able to join in that with you guys. But anyway, so, so glad you guys are here. Do me a favor. Look to your neighbor real quick and tell them you're in the right place. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and like smile at him. Hey, right here. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor. Smile at him and like confidently say, you know what? You're in the right place. Come on. We believe that you guys are in the right place. You guys have a place here. You're in the right place. Tonight we believe that God's got something for you. He wants to speak to you just about your life, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're coming from. So we're excited about that. And you know what? You made the right choice to come here tonight. We know that there are a lot of other things that you maybe could have been out there doing uh, here uh, this evening. So whatever you had to say no to, to be able to say yes to this is a win for us. So we're glad you guys are here, especially if you're a newbie. We're so glad that you're here checking out Elevate. We are in this series here, this Wednesday series. You guys are messing with this thing back there, huh? I can tell. I can hear it. We're in a series called Fighting FOMO. What does FOMO mean? Someone someone yell out what FOMO means. Fear of missing out. All right, so FOMO, FOMO is, this is what we said for the last couple of weeks, FOMO is a new name for an old illness, right? From the beginning of time, from the beginning of time, people have been fighting with this idea that they are missing out, that, there is, that the grass is greener on the other side. And in our Instagram feed, our, our timeline, our Snapchat, social media culture, we're always trying to put the very best versions, and sometimes we're faking it a little bit, right? Hashtag no filter, yeah, right, way filter on there. You know what I mean? We're faking it to try and put the best out there, and that leaves us just feeling like, you know what, that we could be more popular than we are, that we could have more friends, that we could be better looking, that we could be tougher, stronger, more athletic, that we can have cooler things. That leaves us feeling like there's so much more out there beyond the life that we've got. And you know what? We get so caught up in chasing after that, so caught up in chasing after this what if or what else could be out there that we actually miss out on what God has for us right here. And that's been happening since the beginning of mankind. So that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is how you guys can fight that. We've said it before a couple of weeks ago. We want you guys to graduate out of high school once you've gone through Elevate Youth. We want you guys to graduate with a doctorate degree in fighting. Doctorate degree in fighting, not fist fighting, but how to be able to fight for the things that God wants to do in you and through you and how to fight off the things that are going to keep you from doing that. So FOMO is what we're talking about. Before we jump into it, though, there are a few things. Everybody do this. Everybody put up three. Leaders, students, everybody put up three. Jared talked about this a little bit, but here's why this is important. Let's keep it up. If you got to support that elbow, if your arms get a little tired, keep it up. So three, number one, next week, some people are already like, yep, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Can't hold my arm up. Number one, next week, we're going to be talking about small groups. We're going to talk about how to not do life alone. We believe that life is better lived together, and that especially goes for you guys. And we're going to be changing things up for the summer here, and that's going to involve small groups. So we're going to be talking about that next week, number one. Number two of three is this. We're going to be talking about uh, the week after next, talk about how and why it's important to invite your friends here to youth, okay? I made the promise a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I don't remember. We've got something coming up. 
Jared talked about. That's number three then, okay? So three weeks away, we've got bad prom. That's going to be our summer kickoff for Elevate Youth. It's going to be so rad. All right, you guys can put that on. You guys can put that down real quick. It's going to be so sick. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to have this ridiculous dance party. We're going to be giving away those prizes. We're going to have a slow motion video photo booth out there so you can just go crazy and do something in this super epic slow motion. It's going to be so rad. Anyways, I made the promise to you guys that, listen up, here, listen up, that this is like, that's going to be the perfect time to invite some people who are in your circle, who are in your squad, maybe even in your own family who don't attend church. Right? Maybe they don't attend church because they think it's going to be weird or they're going to be singled out or whatever. Here's the, our promise to you. We are going to do everything we possibly can to make sure your friends do not feel weird, that they feel welcome, that they feel like they've got a place here with you. We're going to have a rad time. We're not going to do all this crazy extended worship, you know, and whatever. We're not, we're not going to make them feel weird at all. But your end of the bargain is you've got to invite. And not just invite a friend, invite as many people as you possibly can. And here's why. They come into this place. All right, listen up. Everybody, eyeballs up here real quick. This is so important. You invite your friends into this place. They hear just a short, we're going to have a short message, but it's going to be to the point. Again, we're not going to freak them out, make them feel guilty, judged, whatever. All right, but we want them to hear what, what God has done for them, what God has done for you. Uh, maybe they, you haven't had the opportunity to share much about your faith um, with them. So we want to be able to give them a, the opportunity to hear that. Man, if God changes their hearts when they're here, you don't know that you're inviting your friend that you sit next to in lunch. You could be invi inviting a future worship leader, a future missionary who's going to go into countries where people have hardly even heard about Jesus that could save thousands of people. You, could, you, could invite, you might be inviting a new youth pastor who maybe one day is going to be standing up on a stage in front of you guys, bringing the word. You know what I mean? Like you don't know the person that you're inviting. But when they come and when, when God starts to move in their lives and they start entering into all that God has for them and they start making that influence in the world, you know what? You guys did that. God says it. God says you guys did that. You guys get the reward. You guys get the bonus brownie points for that because you were bold, because you were courageous, and because you invited them to come hear that message. So we're going to talk more about that in two weeks and then three weeks away, bad prom. So be thinking about who you're going to invite and be thinking about what you're going to wear. Some of you guys I know weren't even born in the 90s. You don't even know what that necessarily looks like. Here's the thing. Go over to Forever 21, pretty much buy anything, and it's just about 90s. Trust me. That's when I grew up. It's like walking back in a time capsule when I walk in there just about every time. But seriously, look online, Google 80s, 90s, just craziness. Seriously, dress up. We're going to have prizes for best co uh, costume and all that stuff. So it's going to be rad. All right, hey, let's pray real quick, and then we're going to jump in. God, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for each and every student who's in this place. I pray that right now you begin just to stir up things in, in the young men in this room, that they begin to take steps into all that you guys have for them to, to learn what it truly means to be a man of God, um, and even in today's society, God, and for the young ladies in this room, that you would just speak into their identity that you would just speak to the, the struggles that they face as young women fighting for uh, the, the life that you have for them. I just pray that we would all start taking steps towards you. God, we, we want you to get the glory um, above all things. God, and we get the joy and the world gets all the good. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. All right, everybody, one, two, three. We're going to do a hand clap. You guys can let me know we're ready to go. All right, one, two, three. All right, sweet. All right, here we go. Jumping in tonight. Tonight we're talking about, uh, we're going to be jumping back into Matthew chapter 4, okay? That's where we spend a lot of time. Um, and that, Matthew chapter 4 is talking about the temptation of Jesus, okay? It's the temptation. Some Bibles, actually the little header on there, they actually say the testing of Jesus, okay? So we're going to be spending some more time there. And we're talking about this idea um, that, you know, we're born sinful, all right? We're born sinful. And by default, because we're sinful, that when temptation comes our way, we're going to fall to temptation every single 
time. You know what? There's this idea, this, this kind of rocked my, rocked my week a little bit. This, this idea, too, remembering that, you know what? Sin is not out here. Sin is not this external force that we have to fight against, right? Sin is actually in here. Sin is inside of us. We are born that way. Sin is inside of us. And we have to learn how to fight the temptation that tells us that we're missing out if we live the way that God wants us to live, which is to help to keep that sin away, to keep that sin out of our daily lives. So, but that's tough, right? Because at the beginning of the Bible, beginning of mankind, Adam and Eve, all right, we talked about that in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve is there, you know what, and, and God told him, man, I've created this whole garden for you, everything, all the creatures, all the plants, all this amazing stuff is just for you, except for this one tree, don't eat from that fruit. You know what, Satan comes along and he says, you know what, God doesn't want you to have that fruit, because he's holding out on you. He's got so much more that you could have, but he wants to keep that for himself and not, and keep it from you. So why, why should you not eat that, fr that fruit? You know what, they fell for it. They fell for it. And because of that, because of their fall, everyone who came after them, all the sons of Adam and daughters of Eve who came after them, that's you, that's me, that's your mom, your dad, that's LeBron, that's Bieber, that's everybody. Everybody who came after Adam and Eve, right, now has the sinful nature, has the sinful nature. And so that, that separates us from God. But you see, Matthew is important, right, because Matthew, we're talking about Jesus. And the thing about Jesus is that Jesus busts onto the scene all right? He's fully man, but he's also fully God. But because he's man, he struggles with all the same things that you and I struggle with. He faces all that same temptation. And, and that's cool because you know what that means? That means that tonight Jesus gets you. Jesus gets what you, what you were worrying about earlier today. Jesus gets what you might be worrying about right now. Jesus gets what, he understands what it feels to have things said about you that maybe were said about you earlier today or this week at school. He gets, he gets how, how hard it might be to be going through what you might be going through at home. He gets that. He gets those struggles. He gets the temptations that you face as well. It says that he was tested in every way that we're tested, except for he did not sin. And the thing is, he came to this earth, he bust onto the scene, and he had victory over death, and he had victory over sin for you and for me. And then he ultimately, he, he, he had that victory because he died our death. You see, because of our sin, we deserve to die because of that. But he died our death on the cross and claimed victory for us. And that same victory and that same authority you guys can have today over those temptations just like Jesus did. So that's why we're spending a lot of time looking at Jesus because uh, really this is what being a Christian is all about. Being a Christian is not about just coming to church on Wednesdays, coming to church on Sundays, trying to not do bad things. It's, 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 it's about trusting him. It's about believing what it is that he did for you. It's about believing that he gets where you're at. That no matter what you think that you've done, no matter how far you might think you might be from him or, or how far away from this level of holiness you might be to be able to have a relationship with him. No, he gets that. He sees you exactly where you are. And he sees so much inside of you. And he wants to give you all the power and the strength and the courage and the authority that he has for you guys to fight for all that he has for you in your life. And so he was struggled. He, he, he faced three temptations in Matthew chapter 4. So we're going to recap these here real quick. Um, let's, let's look at Matthew 4, 1 through 11, because the interesting thing is we're, we're going to break through the scripture, and we'll see if you guys can spot the three things, again, that he, that he struggled with. And the interesting thing is, man, he defeats all three. He punches all three right in the throat. Nope, not coming at him at all. And you know what? If we can walk in that victory and learn how to fight that FOMO, that fear of missing out, and we can fight the temptation the way that he did, you guys are going to be bulletproof. You guys are going to be bulletproof, Kevlar, like a bulletproof vest when that temptation comes your way. So let's check out Matthew 4, 1 through 11. So it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted or tested by the devil. 
So the same devil that was pulling those tricks on Adam and Eve, he was trying to pull those tricks on Jesus here in the wilderness. So verse 2, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, you see right there, this is it. What, number one, that he, this is not one of the temptations, but what he tries to use against you is your identity. That's going to be the easiest thing that he can come at you is to start hitting your identity. Young man, he can come at you and start saying, you know what? I mean, if you're really a man, here's what you need to do. You need to flex on that dude a little bit. Show him who's tougher. You know what? If you're really a man, then you know what? You don't need to worry about all these other emotional things that your relationship with your girlfriend's about. Man, it's, it's about getting what you need to get out of your relationships with girls, right? Ladies, you know what? He's going to come at your identity, and he's going to say, you know what? If you, want to, if you really want to have power and influence, then you know what? You might have to dress a little bit, you know, this way, that way. Right? You might, it might be all about the way you look, all the way that you, the way that you dress. It might be um, about the boyfriends or the, you know, that you've got. And so he's always going to try and hit you in your identity first. And that's what he even does with Jesus. He says, if you are the son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, which was Jerusalem. And had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written. This is Satan trying to use the Bible on Jesus, right? Like that's going to work. But anyways, he says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. He's basically saying, look, there's tons of people around the temple. If you go on the top and you jump off and these angels swoop down on you and pick you up. And everybody's going to be like, oh, my gosh. Man, Jesus is awesome. Jesus is awesome, right? That's what he's trying to tempt him with. And then he goes on to, uh, Jesus answers him and says, well, it's also written, do not put your Lord God to the test. Throw punch. Continues in, in eight. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And then all this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, he's winding up for this one, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Throat punch. Then the devil left him. Peace. And angels came and attended him. So here's the thing. In Matthew 4, 1 through 11, hopefully you guys are on that Bible app. Hopefully you guys maybe brought a Bible with you. We've always got those for you. If you don't have one, let us know after service. But here's the thing. First thing he tries to do is he hits you with the identity, and then he tries to tempt you with provision. That's turn these stones into bread. You know what? Provide for yourself. Provide for yourself. That was number one we talked about last week with Denny brought the message about that. It was awesome. Uh, then he talks about popularity. Jump off that wall. Everybody's going to see how awesome you are. We talked about that in week one. But what we're going to talk about tonight is this idea of power. This idea of power where, where he basically says, he goes up on top of the mountain where he can see everything. And it's not just like really what he can see, you know, because they're talking about in the spiritual sense. He literally just sees all the nations of the world. So right now, right now as you guys are sitting here, think about all the nations of the world. Think about, think about the Roman Empire. Think about the Aztecs. Think about America when it was like in its heyday. Think about these great Chinese empires, right? All of these great empires and kingdoms. And think about all the splendor, right? The splendor is the shiny thing, all right? On three, say shiny. One, two, three. Shiny. All right, shiny things, right? All these shiny, beautiful things that come along with all the kingdoms um, and empires of this world. They can all be yours. All you have to do is just bow down to me. And you know what? Maybe this idea of empires and power and nations and these sort of things aren't necessarily attractive to you. You, you think, okay, that'd be cool, but that'd be kind of an easy one, right? I mean, is he really going to bring that at me? Not necessarily, but here's the thing. Satan tempts Jesus with power. He tempts us with power. And the thing is, we can't handle power and influence on people. We can't, excuse me, we can't handle that on our own. 
We'll fall into the temptation to use that for ourselves, to get more, to get more for us, for us, for me, for me. We will fall into the temptation to use that every single time. And you know what? You're going to chase after that shiny stuff so hard that you're going to miss the purpose that God has in your life. And so we were trying to think of some examples here, and we came up with a good example of this. And I'm going to put this on the screen here in just a second. And when I do, don't yell out who it is. I want you guys just to raise your hand if you know who it is. Okay, this is the best example we're going to use tonight. Let's see who this is up here on the screen. Raise your hand if you know who that is. All right, cool. I heard somebody yell it out. Who's that? All right, yeah. So it's Smeagol, right? Smeagol from Lord of the Rings is a bomb movie. I haven't seen all of them, but I read the books back in the day, and those are cool, right? So here's the thing about this dude right here, and we'll leave this graphic up here for a while. All right, so here's, here's the thing about him. You see, he used to be a normal dude, right? If you know anything about Lord of the Rings, he used to be this normal guy. And then all of a sudden, he got a hold of the ring that had all the power of, of the entire universe, you know, basically crammed in this little ring. He got a hold of that, and then, then it was taken away from him, right? Then that, he became obsessed about it, right? He, that was his obsession to be able to get that power, right? And what did he call it? What did he say that it was? My precious, Right? All the time, everything he did was about going to get more, trying to get his precious, right? And, and, and the thing was is you didn't know, when you watch the movie, you don't know to love the dude or hate the dude, right? Because sometimes he's like, he's like, Smeagol, I'll show you the way, right? I mean, it's kind of, that's how it sounds like in my head at least. But he's like, I'll show you the way. He's all friendly. And then the next minute, he's like conniving and he's trying to sabotage, you know what I mean? Uh, all the, the guys are trying to, get, trying to get his ring back, right? He became obsessed with that power. And you know what? That's a good image, that's a good image of what power does to us. Satan, he's not necessarily going to give you all the power in the world, but he's going to give you a little taste of it. He's going to give you a little taste of that influence on people. He's going to get you a little taste. And next thing you know, you're going to start going crazy. Next thing you know, you're going to start doing things you never thought you would do to get more and more and more and more. Right? It might be like this. It might be ladies. One day, you might be just hanging out at school or here at church or something. Somebody might say, I really like your hair. Your hair looks really good. And you might be like, oh, yeah. My hair does look good. You know what? Well, maybe I should start spending some more time with my hair. You know, maybe, maybe, I should, maybe I should straighten it, you know? Maybe I should use some Pantene Pro-V because I don't want to get those split ends. You know what I mean? Maybe I, need to, maybe I need to start doing this or doing that, right? Because the more people notice my hair, the more beautiful they're going to think I am. The more beautiful I am, the more friends I have. And, you know, my precious, right? And then, guys, it could be one of those things, right? You're, you're hanging out at school. Some girl walks up to you at the lunch table. They're like, oh, what's up, dude? You look... You know, you're, you're, that testosterone's rolling through you a little bit. Uh, you, maybe you've been working out, and all of a sudden this thing shows up on your arm. You know, this bicep, little bicep showing up. A little girl walks up to your school and like, what's up, bicep? You know what I mean? I don't know if that happens these days. <laughs> goes, but then that's when they're like, man, whoa, you're strong. You're strong. And you're like, I am strong. Yeah, maybe I need to start working out. I need to start doing some more weights. Maybe start doing some push-ups before I come into lunch. Get those biceps flexing. I need to buy those medium shirts, you know what I'm saying? So everybody can see, you know, how, how fit I am. You know, because the, the more fit I am, then the more girls are going to want to be around me. And then all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, it's my precious. You know what I'm saying? That's how easy just that little bit of taste of influence over people can turn into this obsession over your identity and who you are. And that can, that can happen so fast. And you know what? The next thing you know, listen up. When you chase after those things, it's okay to have good hair. Trust me, right? <laughs> it's okay to have good hair. It's all right to be fit. Don't trust me on that one. But it's all right to be fit. 
But here's the thing. When you start chasing after that, when that becomes your precious, when that becomes the shiny thing, and it could be that, it could be wanting to hear people say more, oh, you're pretty, or oh, man, you're strong, or maybe you're smart, or you're an athlete, or whatever it is, whatever that shiny, whatever that precious is in your life, when you start chasing after that, you're going to not only miss out on what God has for you and the purpose he has for your life, but you are going to end up um, alone, and you're going to end up all, oh, he gone, shriveled up. You're going to end up all just shriveled up and alone and weird. Do you know what I mean? And you, so far away from your friends and your family, just like he did, pushing away all the people who are important in his life, all to go after that one thing. And that is not what God has for us. You know what? So many people in the world, they spend their time chasing after this, right? Workaholics is super sad. You can look this up. Workaholics, it, you can read research on this. People who work hard their whole life for more money, for more stuff. You know what happens? So many people, they, they retire and then they die like right away. They retire and then they die. That's because they literally gave all of themselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. They gave all of themselves into getting more and more and more for themselves. And then they die. It's crazy. And you know what? Jesus in the Bible, they, they kind of do the exact opposite of this. Because what Satan does is Satan overpromises and underdelivers. He overpromises and underdelivers. You know, he promises all the kingdoms in the world. But you know what? Those kingdoms weren't his to give. He might promise you all this, but you know what? That, that stuff, all the good things that can happen in your life, those aren't his to give. He can promise all the power, but he has got nothing to offer. And you'll just end up alone if you chase after that. But you know what? God in the Bible always underpromises and overdelivers. God underpromises and overdelivers. In James 1.17, it says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good thing that can ever happen in your life, every good thing that you've got, every good thing that you're going to have in the future comes from God. And you know what? God has good things and good gifts in store for you. He has great things in store for you. And we'll look at Romans 8.32. This, this proves it to us. If, if, you're, if you don't believe it, Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. No? Okay, cool. Well, anyways, in Romans 8.32, it, it talks about this, that, that Jesus gave, right, that, that God gave the greatest gift he could possibly give to us. It was through his son, right? He gave his son to us, and that was the greatest gift that he could possibly give. And you know what? That's how he proved it. That's how he proved that God has. Because here's the thing. If, God's gonna, if he's going to give you the greatest gift he can possibly give through his son, then he's going to give you even more. He's going to give you everything that you need in your life. And you know what? Jesus understands. Again, he understands the struggles that you face, and he understands that there's two paths you can take. One that chases the shiny, right? One, ta- one, one path that chases the shiny, the precious things. But, but then there's another path that Jesus talks about, and he says this. He says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? That's Jesus saying that. Jesus says, what good is it to gain all the things of the world, all the good that you can get for yourself? What good is it to gain all of that? but then lose your soul. And that's, Jesus is really, he's begging you there, asking you that question. Here, listen up real quick. He's asking you that question. He's begging you because he knows what's on the line. When you're choosing what path to take, when he's choosing whether you're going to choose to fight off that fear of missing out and start stepping in to what it means to be the, the, the woman and the man that he's created you to be, he knows that when you choose the other way, that, that your soul is on the line that your soul is on the line, that my soul is on the line with that. And you know what? He cares about your soul, and so do I. So here's what we're asking tonight as we begin to kind of close up, is that we're asking, what path will you 
choose. You know what? We want you to be a powerful, influential force. And that goes for you students. That goes for you leaders. We want you guys to be powerful and influential. Right? In Matthew 23, 11 through 12, let's, let's read this real quick. The greatest among you will be what? Your servant. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves, the people who go after things for themselves to lift up their own name, they will be humbled. They're going to be humiliated when they do that. But you know what? For those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, the Bible says right there that the path to power is not strength, is not flexing on people. The path to power is humility. And you know what? There are a lot of you guys in here even tonight, a lot of people here in this church who are getting that right, right? This isn't knocking all you guys, assuming that you're getting it wrong. So real quick here, we want to do this. Um, I'm going to clap about this first, right? So you guys don't clap along with me. I'm going to clap about this first, and, and that's this. If you look around the room, students, if you look around the room, you're going to see some people uh, wearing some purple shirts that say Elevate Youth on them. You're going to see some other adults in the room that are leaders. Maybe they're not rocking the Elevate Youth shirt tonight, but you see some other adults around here. So leaders, listen up. I want to talk to you guys tonight. You guys are powerful. You guys are influential. You guys are great. You guys are making a huge influence. And that is because you give of yourselves. You give your time. You give your passion and your talent and ability to be able to hang out with students. So you guys don't clap. Yeah, I'm going to clap first. So I want to clap and I want to applaud you guys, you leaders, for giving everything that you've got every single week. All right, students, come on. Let's thank our leaders, everyone together. Thank you, leaders. You guys are awesome. You guys are so awesome. And listen up. Now, here's the thing. Again, I'm going to clap about this first. I want to I honor you students who serve here on Sundays. There's so many of you students who serve. Maybe you guys help out in kids. Maybe you guys help run cameras here. And I want to thank you guys first because you guys are great and you guys are entering into the greatness that God has for you because you're humbling yourself and you're sacrificing your time to be able to serve the church. So come on, let's celebrate the people who are serving. That's right. You guys know who you are? You guys know who you are? Because Jesus proves that the path to power is through serving and sacrifice. You know the interesting thing? Listen up here. The interesting thing about Matthew chapter 4, where he's fighting Satan off, right? Throat punching. A lot of people, they recognize Matthew chapter 4 as the beginning of Jesus' ministry. See, that's where it all started for him. It all started for him being able to face those same temptations that Satan brings towards you guys even tonight. Right, that same temptation to maybe worry more about what your friends are saying next to you. Right, I can see all that. I can see all that. Maybe worry about what your friends are saying. Maybe worry about your, what your parents are even telling you, who you need, who you need to be or, or what you should be doing. I mean, this, these influences on you, Jesus understands that. Jesus was able to fight off the things that were trying to take him away from what God had for him. And you know what? Once he did that, he, began, he came into this ministry where people were heal, healed, where thousands of people um, heard the, gos the gospel or heard the message that he had, this message of hope and freedom and life and humility. And even today, thousands of years later, we're talking about him. And that all began with him fighting FOMO. And so for you guys tonight, Think about that. When you guys learn how to fight off the temptations that you face and learn how to start stepping into what it is God has for you, you guys can't even imagine what he has for your future. And you know what? With Jesus, ultimately, he ended up, his ministry led him to a cross where he died. Again, he died that death for us. And he died that, he gave that sacrifice for you and for me. And you know what? In Philippians 2, 5 through 11, this is the last scripture for tonight. It says, that you must have the same attitude. This is Paul, Paul speaking to, to, a, to a group of people who are hanging out and having church, just like we are. 
Paul said, you must have the same attitude Christ Jesus had. That though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus knew who he was. When Satan tried to say to him, if you're really the son of God, Jesus is like, please. I know. I know who I am, right? When, when things start coming against you and start hitting you in your identity, do you really know? Do you really know if you look back at all the things that you've struggled with, maybe all the sin and the shame and the guilt that you've faced in your life, and you look to back to where that started, how much of that started with you um, maybe chasing after those things because they were going to make you feel a certain way or make you come across or be a certain way to people around you or, or even just to yourself? I mean, so much of that comes from losing this idea of our identity and that we are gods, that God gets you, that, that God has so much in store for you. And instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He didn't bring up his, give up his godliness. Jesus was still, he was still godly, right? But he gave up the privileges. He gave up the privileges that he could have had as the son of God, and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. That's what we celebrate every Christmas, right? He came from heaven down to earth with us, and when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And then therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That the name, at, the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen, and when it comes to Jesus, and you might be sitting here tonight, and you might, be, you might have been attending for a while, and you've just been kind of putting it off. You might be faking it till you make it a little bit. Maybe when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus a little bit more here for just a minute, man. That's power. If you, think, if you think being popular because of the way you look or because of what you can do on the field or because of your grades, maybe you're even popular because you were elected, you know, some class president at school in the yearbook right next to your name says president. You know what? If you want to talk about real power, talk about the son of God. That in Philippians that we just read that every power and authority on earth will bow. They will bow their knee to him. You know what? I mean, that's, this means that no matter who they are, right, it doesn't matter how, how powerful they are, Donald Trump, when he comes face to face with Jesus, he's going to bow like this. He's not going to be able to help it, right? It, it, could be, it could be any king or queen. It doesn't matter. It could be the richest ruler of the world. It's going to be you. It's going to be me. Whether you're a Christian or not, when you come face to face with Jesus, you're going to fall to your knees. You are not going to be able to help it. That's some straight up power right there. Do you know what I'm saying? When, they can, when, when there's some power that can bring the most powerful people in our world to their knees, that's some, that's some gangster power right there. Do you know what I'm saying? And here's the thing. That's the same power that you guys can have. There's all the power and authority that Jesus had, you guys have. All the victory he had, you guys have. You've already got it. He's already given it to you because he died that death on a criminal's cross. On a criminal's cross because that's, that's what we deserved. That's what we deserved. And he died for you and for me. And it says that, that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, right? And Lord means like boss. Lord is boss. He's the boss of all bosses. Satan tries to offer you power. He might try and push you after my precious, you know, boys. He might be telling you that you're going to have to flex on some people more. You might have to treat people, you know, rough, whatever. Let them know you're in charge, girls. Focus more on your looks. You know, maybe try and get, maybe it's that temptation just to get the right angle on that selfie, you know what I mean, so that it looks the best way it possibly can. 
you know what? You don't need that. You don't need to go after that. You don't need to go after what those things can even bring you in life. And so tonight, students and leaders, what path are you on? Everybody in this room, what path are you on? Last week, Danny talked about there's a wide path and there's a narrow path. Satan's path is easy. That's the wide path. That's the path that everybody can just jump on and stroll along. That's the easy one. Going after the things that you can get that make you feel good or make you popular in your life, those are the easy things to get, right? Even if you've got to work hard to get them, that's stuff that you can just go and get for yourself. But you know what? Jesus' way, that path is what? That path is narrow. That path is hard. You know what? Not too many people are walking that path. Not too many people are walking that path. And Jesus knows that you can't walk both paths at the same time. And tonight, this could be God's warning sign to you that you need to stop, that you're headed down the path towards destruction, the path that's going to lead you away from what God has for you. And instead, we want you guys to go down the path that leads to real freedom, to real power, to real authority. So can you guys, everybody in the room, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Tonight, I want to I pray for you guys. Those of you who are just struggling with this fear of missing out, when, when Satan tries to, to tell you, he's been telling you, maybe making you feel in some ways that God's holding out on you. Maybe you've been feeling, you've been saying, man, I've been praying, I've been coming to church, I've been, I've been reading my Bible, but I don't feel closer to God. Maybe you're here tonight and you hear about Jesus and what, he, what he's done for you and you know what? You can have all that power and all that authority and all that victory and all the good and perfect gifts that could be possibly um, had and held in your life. You can have all those. God wants to give you those, but not if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Not if you don't have a real relationship with Jesus. Not if he is truly the Lord in your life. Not if he's not the person who you bow your knee to. Instead of bowing your knee to, to this world and what they have to offer, if you don't bow your, your knee to Jesus Christ, then you're not going to be able to walk in all of that he has for you. And tonight God's speaking to you about the path that you're on. And if you've got to have that relationship with him, and tonight maybe that's pulling on your heart, and don't let pride, don't let what your friends think right now, what people in your row might be nudging you, might be, you know what, just take a moment right now and ask God, talk to you about what path you're on. And if you, if you feel like you're on this path because you don't have that real relationship with Jesus, that can change tonight. That can change tonight. So with everybody's eyes closed, everybody's heads bowed, if that's you, you can even just quickly just slip up your hand. If that's you and you're here tonight and you don't know why you say, I thought I had a relationship with Jesus. I thought I did. But I've been faking it. I'm still not making it. You can slip up your hand. Man, you can put your hands down. If you slipped up your hand tonight, I want to pray for you. But also, as soon as we leave this place, I encourage you, grab a leader, grab one of your friends and say, you know what, let's go talk to a leader about this relationship with Jesus. And so let me, let me, pray, let me pray with you. And those leaders would love to just to lead you in a prayer as well. But if, if, you, if you raised your hand, you can just pray this with me and say, Jesus, tonight I've heard your message. I've heard what you've done for me, the price that you paid for me. And tonight I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to bow my knee to you and you alone. I believe that you died for me and that you've forgiven me and that as you were resurrected into new life, I too tonight, I'm a new creation and I'm a child of God's. So I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to go after you and pursue my relationship with you 
with all that I've got. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you want to learn more about Elevate Youth, check us out on Instagram by searching EC Youth or on Facebook. See you next week.